Hey guys, Corey here. Before we start in on this week's podcast, I'd like to thank our sponsors, 417 Helmets, First Down Playbook, and Temple Sporting Goods powered by AdCraft. Remember, if you want great gear for your team, go with Temple's Sporting Goods powered by AdCraft. Find them at templesports.com. They do everything from team uniforms to custom apparel and web stores. They'll even do video editing and hype videos for your team. They've been in the business since 1928, and they do a fantastic job. Give them a call at 563-243-1304 or at templesports.com. Hey, NAI football fans, this is Corey Thorpe here for another episode of the NAIF Ball Show. Tonight we have head coach Jeff Bowen from the Arizona Christian Firestorm. Firestorm uh, are coming off a Sooner Conference Championship. Not their first, but... Um, First in a couple years, Coach. How you doing tonight? Doing well. Thanks for having me on. Absolutely. So, you know, just watching Arizona Christian come on uh, in fall and uh, play a little bit in the fall, a little bit in the spring is a little different um, from what folks did around the nation this year, um, not doing one, just one or just the other. Um Talk to us about how y'all came to the idea of doing a split season. Well, I think it was kind of just a decision made by uh, our conference and the presidents. And um, it started out, you know, playing everything in fall and uh, just evolved into spring and fall with, with the spring being uh, our league games because the NAI was going to play the, the, the championship tournament in the in the spring. So it just kind of evolved into that. And, uh, so we had a 10 month season. <laughs> what was, what was that like having to uh, keep it turned on and, and trying to keep your players dialed in for such a large stretch of time? I think the key was not trying to keep it dialed in for 10 months. Um, uh, as uh, these young men, I mean, are also trying to be, uh, college students and, uh, you know, dealing with all this COVID protocol and testing and isolations and quarantines and dealing with all that craziness that, um, you know, we took a different approach to it when in between the fall and the spring, we gave them uh, basically a month off. And then when we brought them back, we, uh, we, we took some time building them back into playing shape before we started playing games in February. So, it was kind of a roller coaster for us. It was ramp them up, get them ready to play, play, and then let them go back down. And, and uh, you know, that's kind of the approach we, we used. It seemed to work. So, uh, I mean, who knows? <laughs> it was a crazy year for everybody. Now, um, you know, you start off the season 3-0. and You drop a close one to, to Texas Westland. Um and then that's the last loss you have in the regular season. Um, at what point did it hit you that this was going to be a team that could really make some noise, not not on, only in the Sooner, but make it to the playoffs? Uh, you know, we felt like we had a really good team in the fall. Um, you know, we started out 3-0. and The loss to Texas College, who, who played well that day, was very disappointing. Um and we turned the ball over eight times, and, and we end up losing by three. So uh, we took we took that kind of to heart, knowing that if we do what we're supposed to do and play the way we're supposed to play, we're a we're a pretty uh, pretty good football team. 
And um, that was kind of the way we took it into the spring and our, our guys bought into that. And, um, you know, it, it just ended up working out well for us. We, we felt like it was going to be a good team from start and uh, it turned into that. So talk to me about the, uh, the Segu game. That's, that's a war from start to finish. Um, you get ahead going into halftime, but Segu comes back and uh, really makes it a, a, a tight game. Um, talk to me a, a little bit about that game. Well, what was hard about that game is, unless you really look at our schedule, you didn't you didn't notice that we had to play them twice. And not only did we play them twice, we played them twice in Dallas. So, um, to, and the first game was close also. So going in there the second time, having to play them in, the, in league play uh, on their home field again, we knew we had to play well. We've all, over the years, we've always had tough games with with uh, Sagu. Ryan does Ryan Smith does a great job coaching them and getting them prepared, and and um, and our guys just uh, our guys just stayed in the fight. You know, um, this team had an uncanny ability to to always be uh, be able to fight back and give themselves a chance to win, even though we were down, and uh, and it, it it just played out in our favor that night. Take me through that final drive there. You start with 33 seconds left on the clock at your own 30. You've got uh, you, you've got a tie ball game. What's your what, what's your what's your mark to make uh, before you trot uh, Nestor out there? You know, it's funny as we do that every Thursday. It's part of our Thursday practice. Uh, our offensive line coach Brent Nelson puts us somewhere on the field, gives us a time, gives us a scenario to the offense and defense, and we have to produce, whether it's a, a touchdown or a field goal or, or whatever. Um, and then part of our, our pregame warm-up, uh, Nestor with his holder and, and long snapper, they go through their progression, and then uh, Riley Tucker, our holder, comes over and he tells me where we have to get to. And I, I put a lot of trust in the guys. And some, some days Nestor can bang it from 55. Other days it may only be 45 in the wind. And um, so we knew if we could get it to the 35, um, we had a chance. You know, we had, we had, the, we had the time. We, had, we only had 30-something seconds. But we had a, uh, a couple timeouts. And our, our guys uh, were very calm. It wasn't uh, when we gave up the score, everybody knew what we needed to do, and uh, they really went out and executed. We got a, a penalty that helped us, um, but they executed well. And then when we got it, you know, inside the thirty-five, we uh, we, we felt really good about Nestor going out and banging it uh, through the uprights. And man, he did too, and just instantly became a national sensation. Um, have you ever had that much media attention on your team, uh, even even less so the kicker? You know, what's crazy about the whole thing is the first game we ever played at ACU, uh, we, we had, uh, you know, uh, the longest punt return in the history of college football. And we returned it 109 yards. And it was kind of a fluke play, and it ended up being on ESPN and Van Pelt and all that kind of stuff. And we had, uh, I think, in the next three days, we had three million hits on our social media. Holy and in Nestor's kick, um, within two days, we had over eight million hits on our different media uh, sites and stuff. And 
And to his credit, here's what's really cool about Nestor is uh, he understands why why it happened. If he was a 6'1", 165-pound kicker that kicked the game winner, nobody would 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 say much about it. But the novelty of, you know, the, the, the short, heavy, you know, the 5'7", almost 300-pound kicker banging the ball like he does, that, that was the novelty of it. And he handled it so well and so gracious you know, with all, all the stuff and it went viral and it was really cool for our school and our team and for Nestor. And, uh, you know, he's a special kicker. Um, tell you a quick story. Um, anybody that knows football and kicking knows the Zendejas name. I mean, there's, there were several of them in, in the NFL and, and I got a call from coach Zendejas before Nestor signed with us. And, and he said, coach, I got a, a kicker for you. He's a D one leg. And I'm like, well, why isn't he D1? He goes, well, I'm sending you a link. Just put it on and watch. You'll see why. And I looked at it and I saw this five foot five, five foot seven, three hundred, almost three hundred pound kicker. But he's banging the heck out of the ball. And uh, Zendaya said, I can't get a Division One school to take a chance on him because of the way he looked. Well, we scooped him up. I don't care how he looks. He's banging field goals. Um, and so, you know, fast forward a couple of years and. And he's winning the the conference championship with his leg for us. So it's a really cool story. I mean, it's not like he's the only kicker of 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 that body type on your roster either. <laughs> You've got a couple of these people. You got yeah, Joaquin yeah. Rodriguez over there, five seven two eighty six. I mean, is yeah. you know they talk about Wisconsin linemen being big. What is it with these Phoenix kickers? Uh, you know what's funny is that's his, his brother and. Uh, you know, <laughs> it just happens to be that way, and um, you know, um, hey, if it's like it's like anything, there, if you can play, you can play, and uh, if you play well, people will find you and give you a chance. And we were just the fortunate ones to be willing to to take a chance on on Nestor and his brother and stuff, and and they do a great job for us. I'm really proud of them, and I'm especially proud of. The, the way they handle it because it starts out as a novelty and a joke. I mean, we've, pl- I'm not going to say what school, but we, we played a school uh, uh, in our conference. And the first time he uh, went on the field, they called him the make a wish kid. And, uh, horrible. and by the end of, by the end of the day, he made uh, four field goals, all of them outside 40 yards. And we win by, win by four. So, uh, you know, uh, people learn real fast that he's uh, he's more than just some novelty that we're running out there. Uh, he's a he's a he's a quality kicker. Yeah, they were wanting to make a wish that they wouldn't see him on the field. Um, yeah. They're going to see him for a couple more years too. <laughs> That's right. He's only a sophomore. Um, so how does how do you build on success here? You, you you know you have you've had good seasons. You know, uh, with only two or three losses in uh, in your seasons, going back to uh, you know the first year of of the firestorm, um, how do you how do you build on this this next uh, step here? Keep believing in the the culture you have established, and for us, it's faith, family, future football. We are a Christian institution, and. and and it's not just by word or name. It's it's how we live our lives, and that's always going to be number one for us. It's number one in our recruiting and how we go about finding players that fit our program. And then um, understanding, you know, look at the big picture of what we did and be excited. We took our program to the next level. Um, 
but to, to take that step, we had to, to grow and there were growing pains. And so for our guys to understand, you know, to take that next step nationally, there's going to be some growing pains and you have to do things at a different level or you're going to stay the same. So we're going to have to up our game because there's a, um, you know, the, in Arizona never had small college football before. So this novelty of what's this NAI football, you know, Hey, uh, you know, it's, it's a, it's a lower level football. It's this, that, and the other, uh, that's not the reality. Anybody that's been around, uh, this level of football for a while knows it's high quality football with really good athletes. And, and so we got to continue to build that to be able to compete with the, the teams that are, uh, are, are winning at a high level at the national level. And that's our goal. Yeah. It's, it's something that struck me a lot about uh, your, your program. You know, we, you run into a lot of um, a lot of universities at this level that, that are Christian um, but, uh, what struck me is, is, um, how much it pervades, um, you know, everything you do, even in terms of social media. Yeah. You know, um, uh, we talk about it with our guys all the time. It's being courageously Christian, you know, being able to speak out about your faith, um, uh, knowing that, um, you know, ultimately, we, we do it for an audience of one, and uh, and Jesus Christ is going to lead us in everything we do. And uh, you know, uh, we we jo- we don't joke about it, but it's kind of a, a running joke. It doesn't matter if we win or lose. We're going to pl- pray with our opponents after games, and we're going to sing uh, after games, and we're just going to do it different, uh, win or lose, and uh, we're going to put our trust in Jesus Christ and and let it play out. And uh, the, the scoreboard's not going to define us, you know. When uh, when I leave this planet uh, to be with my maker, uh, they're not going to put uh, my record or any scores on my tombstone. So that's just the way we're going to play, and that's the way I'll lead this program. And that's that's just the way we're gonna we're gonna do it in our program. Love it, love it. So having having the playoffs and the national championship in the spring, uh, I'm sure has just drastically thrown off what a normal spring would look like. Um, you know, what hasn't been thrown off in the last 18 months, let's be honest. Um, so how are, how are y'all dealing with the compressed spring slash summer? You know, we're, you know, we actually met, we started meeting in early spring with our strength and conditioning coaches and our training staff and I asked them to put together a very, very unique off season for us because getting through this is one thing, but um, getting through next year or being prepared for next year is a whole different animal. Uh, you know, we've just finished a 10 month season and to think that uh, our returners are going to be ready to, to roll like a, like a normal fall uh, is not, is not, would not be very smart on our part. So we've, we've developed, uh, several different programs that we're going to use throughout the summer to prepare, you know, our guys that were with us. And then also our recruits, because some of them played fall, some of them played spring, some of them played split, you know, some of them didn't play at all. So um, we have to, our off season training is going to be different than we've ever done before. And, and uh, you know, we know we're hoping it works, you know, we'll know when, uh, when the fall comes around, how everything looks, and and 
I have great confidence in our staff to, to prepare the guys. And, and uh, it's the same for everybody. It's not just ACU. It's, this is the craziest thing we've ever done in college athletics. So we all have our ideas and thoughts and plans, and we'll, we'll see which ones we're closer to right, I guess. Yeah, uh, you know, it's, it's definitely something that if it's any – if, if it's any compensation, any uh, any relief to you that everyone's having to do this is, you know, to me, it's like, well, at least everyone's having to go through this together. Yeah. You know, and, and uh, it, it, it's very admirable for any young man at any level that played this season. Somebody asked me with kind of a snarky kind of approach to it, well, there should be an asterisk by this season, you know. And they were saying it in a negative way. And I said, you know what? You're exactly right. There should be an asterisk by this season. So he thought I was agreeing with him, and I went the other direction. I mean, these young men played 10, 10 months, some split schedules, some one, some the other. Some played all in the fall and then waited to play in the tournament in the spring, all while trying to be a college student and COVID protocols and – you know, isolations and quarantines and testings. I mean, this is the craziest thing ever for these young men at all the institutions that played football, uh, for them to go through this and uh, to do it at the level they were able to do it was uh, was something, say whatever you want, is pretty special for them to actually do it. So, yeah, there's definitely an asterisk by this season, but I think it's all positive. I think the, the young men across the country adapted to something that, that none of us could have even imagined. Did an incredible job, and the home office did a great job of kind of rolling with the punches, um, you know, with, with making sure that everyone was, was taken care of in terms of, of both, you know, the, um, the spring and the fall, making sure that, uh, you know, the polls were right and everything like that. So let's talk about your, your team here real quick. Um, you return a ton of offensive talent. Um, more than half of your receiving yards are coming back with uh, John Cole and Sid Turnbull Frazier. Um, you've got a – you have a slew of running backs. Uh, I was trying to pick one out um, that I could talk about, but – uh, there's a ton of them with multiple touchdowns. You return multiple offensive linemen. Talk to me about what excites you the most about uh, your offense in 2021. Uh, what excites me is they're all back and they're all on the same page and the continuity of the young man uh, could be really, really something special. You know, if they continue to grow in, 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 in leadership skills and pr- preparation and stuff, um, it could it could be outstanding, and then we also uh, we feel like we recruited in some guys that are going to be able to compete in some of those spots to to get on the field. We got ten out of our eleven back, and we feel like we brought in four or five guys that are going to compete with to to take starting jobs. So uh, we're excited about what we have coming back on offense, and then we get Tyler back. You know, Shea did a phenomenal job getting thrown into the fire. He started the season as a, our, our club team quarterback, and he ends up leading us to the conference title. So we got two guys that can get it done at the quarterback spot. So offensively, we're really excited about what we have coming back and the, and the other guys coming in to hopefully fit into those roles. We could be very explosive. 
defensively, uh, you know, your your defensive line in particular is going to be a huge strength for you uh, as you as you face your your opponents this year. You're returning three All Conference defensive linemen in the Castro, uh, Deontay Dean, and uh, Maurice Powell. Um, talk about about them and and um, what what that uh, brings back as far as uh, your front seven. You know, um, our defensive line coach, Coach Ben Harris, uh, does a phenomenal job of pl- getting guys ready and playing multiple guys. We, uh, in any game, we were playing anywhere between eight and eleven defensive linemen and trying to keep them fresh and, and productive. Um, you know, they just they did some really really good things. You know, Maurice ends up being the freshman of the year in our conference, and uh, you know. The one, that, the one that's going to sneak up on some people is the guy that no one even really talks about much is Jalen Mitchell. Um, I'm sorry, um, yeah, Jalen Mitchell did a phenomenal job in improving and, and developing into a role too. And, and so the defensive line uh, we feel like is a strength. And then, um, you know, the linebacking core led by Jake Hernandez, who will be coming back. He's a senior who will also be coming back, COVID senior. Uh finishing his degree and playing next year. Uh, he really anchors uh, our linebacking core. Um, and we have, we have, you know, everybody's, everybody's back in the secondary too. So um, we just feel like we're in a pretty good spot, but you know, most teams are, I mean, depending on what happens to teams, you know, COVID seniors and stuff there, there's a lot of really good seniors that would nor- on a normal year, be done that, that are going to be coming back for a lot of universities across the country. I'm really interested, you know, this summer as I interviewed these, uh, you know, the head coaches, like, um, you know, what is going to be the, uh, the, the rule of thumb there? Are we going to see normal turnover or are we going to see kids take advantage of that extra year? Um, so I'm really interested to see how that's going to turn out. You mentioned your secondary. The one that really stands out to me is is Riley Tucker. Um, six interceptions for the young man to go along with fifty nine tackles. Talk about what he brings uh, to your defense. He's uh, he's probably one of the smartest defensive players I've ever coached. If you just saw him walking around campus, he'd be very unassuming. Uh, you know, very. He's a high quality young man, but you wouldn't think, oh man, this, this he doesn't look like the prototypic come down make make fifty nine tackles and oh yeah, so that means we can throw the ball over his head. Uh, but but he doesn't. He has a, a ton of breakups and led the country in interceptions. And he's done it two years in a row. You know, last year he was the freshman player of the year in our conference, uh, first team all league kid as a freshman, and I think he finished second. I, I, I'm not positive but i think he finished second last year in total interceptions and then to, to do it again this year he's a he's a special a special player and and you know he's he's that kind of field general gets our guys lined up right and he's a playmaker you know and had an interception for a touchdown a fumble recovery for a touchdown he just he just makes plays he's always around the ball and you're like it, it's it's kind of interesting to watch him you put on tape and watch you're like i'm not sure how this kid does it but I'm glad he plays for us. Definitely. So, Coach, I'm, 
you know, thrilled to have have you on tonight. Um, you know, good luck in the in the season to come and in the off season conditioning. I know that's going to be, um, you know, just another thing to worry you about your guys. You know, getting back all healthy in time for fall and re-racking them and playing it again so soon after after a great spring. But you know, thank you for coming on to the show tonight. Um, very much appreciate it. Well, I appreciate you having me on. I also appreciate everything you guys do for exposure for NAI football. It's, uh, I think it's a, it's a very unique and special brand of college football. Uh, and uh, any, any, anything you guys can do to draw more attention to it is, is a plus. I appreciate everything. It's our pleasure, Coach.